Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you are. <laughs> right to our chief. Yep, that's what we've all been up to. Just nothing. Just a whole <laughs> lot of nothing. Uh, Rachel's casually. I was trying to find our I was phone. trying to find our messages because I know I've told people mm. lately I've been like, Good yeah. question. Nice yeah. night. Glad you asked that. All it will I'll I say I'll try to bring that up, yeah. but then I think I'm going to remember it and be able to bring I it up. I need to just say, though, that my Facebook message system is dysfunctional extremely right now because I cannot log into my Apple ID. Oh, yeah. And so... I guess things get rough when that happens. Yeah, yeah. and so I a message will show up on my phone, and if I click on it, it will say, you need to update Messenger go to the app store but I can't go to the app store because of that so I can there are some messages where I've seen like the first you know two lines of it but I haven't seen anything else and I'm unable to everyone I'm having technical problems with that it's a problem on a lot of my apps though because a lot of them need to be updated and they won't open and I don't know what my silly you know what I do in times like that turn it all over to look like this this problem yeah is not the it. kind of thing I can I handle also, by myself. Also, Rachel. What? You have a kitchen, but I'm just trying try and pay attention to this. I have a shelf. Yes, I saw a, it. I saw it. A and shelf. It looks it's a cupboard. And it looks like a shelf. It, it functions like a shelf. Like a shelf. Yeah. It's a cupboard. There's gonna be doors on part of I, it. I in turn have a desk. Yeah, and it's really rad. Well, it's really good. I you should put up a picture of your desk. It's a very cool. It is the it's a farmhouse kitchen piece that has been with us. Yeah, through a, long a time. lot of manifestations, through thick and through thin. Yeah, we had it as our shop cash counter, the bottom, and then the upper cabinets were over the sink, and then we kept it when we moved, and it was like a craft. It was in like a craft area and then we cut off the part of it and had it under the TV as a thing and then it was in the foyer and it was like separate and we reached a point where we were like we're either throwing it away or we're doing something new with it and I think this is probably its last transformation into anything. It's really cute. I think it might run out of gas after this. It's (laughs) really time to quit but I knocked a bunch of the drawer supports out of the middle so that there's a place for your legs. It's very and cool. Paint it. I'll put a picture. Put a picture up. Yeah. It's, but that's actually more of a problem in my life than it, than it should have been, which is not having the places. In a new house, what we have is a lot of space, mm-hmm. but not always the places that you are looking for when, you, when you're like, where do I keep my pencils? Yeah. You're right. like, we don't know. Right. It could be anywhere. I know. Like... Well, and generally, it is put somewhere that we uh-huh, wouldn't. Uh-huh. That's not a good and idea. And see, I, at this point in time, have a highly specific place for my potatoes, as we all know in my, in my kitchen. Becca likes highly I specific have, places. I, I can't tell you how much it thrills me to have a highly specific place. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually have to tell me because I know this of you. I you actually really already knew about deep that. Down Deep down in my soul, I adore a highly mm-hmm. specific... In another era, Becca would have been really susceptible to the spice caddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you know what? You know it just no. stresses me I'll out about you. spice caddies. No. You did spice caddy. What? Didn't you do like your own special bottles? Well, they're jars. They're big wide mouth no, jars. No, but didn't you do it back when you were like, back in the olden days when you were newlyweds? Uh-uh. Really? Yeah. Well, I, but I always thought the spice caddy just fails in it does. understanding what people want no, from no, their no, spices. No, here's the thing, though, with that. I, along with liking highly specific things, I also have a terrible, terrible pull towards custom. You know, like I always want bespoke and not <laughs> off the rack. And so if I, if I had been taken up with a spice caddy, I guarantee you what I would have done is gone home to try to make my own highly specific custom brewed spice caddy. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure but you would have. I'm but not, I, I do know enough about spices in, in my kitchen to know that you never want to commit yourself to a fixed number of, no. there's no more room. I'll tell you a weird thing about cooking for a lot of people more often, like doing Sabbath. The things that surprise me about that is how fast I go through things like big boxes of kosher salt. salt. But I was I, just going to say that. That used to last me yeah. forever. Oh my gosh. But then you think like, well, you just go oh, in like a... I'm flying Multiply it by 10 and you're like, well, yeah, I guess I'm going about that fast through well, my salt. Because you're often putting a half a cup in the pot of soup. Yeah. And so you're well, like... Or when you are multiplying a recipe and it ends up being like a cup and a half of chili powder or something. You're like, oh, this is not functional. Oh, this is not the way we live. I have a, a plethora of paprika varieties right now. I have, oh, I do too. I have Spanish. I have smoked. smoked I have regular. Hot, sweet, but, Hungarian, <laughs> Spanish. You've got I have more. Them too. You've got more than I do. I don't have any Hungarian. But the thing is, is I have all of these different paprikas for various large events that I cooked for. So when you have leftovers, it might be like you know, half a cup left over of that paprika and this paprika and the other paprika. So I know with spices that you've got to give yourself elbow room in your system. Yeah. But I think when it comes to things like measuring cups, I'm still on a quest with that. There's, but you have, it's not like you're going to suddenly find out that there's a whole other branch. Some listener, with your some listener of you out there might have this. And I, there's like a specific brand. I don't care if it floats your boat. It, it causes me to sin when I see this sort of thing. <laughs> if you like it, bless yourself. Have it in your drawer. But like collapsible measuring cups. No, there's no reason for what that. What the heck? And then, and it just seems like because I've decided to live a really really tedious life. I decided <laughs> to have collapsible or like collapsible strainers and bowls and, and measuring stuff. I can stuff. see why it might and spark then, joy in some people. But yeah, I, but then the other thing that generally like very few things make me actually feel angry. And yet <laughs> those pans that are designed to make all of your brownie a brownie crust, who thinks that that would be fun? Well, people no. who were devoted to brownie crusts. That's, no, that's I think it's people who think hand-washing muffin tins is good fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can see. It's like, I don't care if you like a crunchy brownie. The fact that you want to wash a full-on grid of metal well, I Particularly mean. when, at least with a muffin tin, it has the virtue of circular 
instead of yeah, all these little, little corners. Right angles. Yeah, yeah. I, I, all I see when I see that, and actually recently I got on a really bad tangent. <laughs> and this, if I remembered what the device was, I would tell you, but I laughed just till I was ill over this thing. It was like a, it's some um, very, it's a highly specific kitchen appliance. Okay. That looks like a big, um, it sort of looks like a thermos or something. Like it's like a, okay. like a commuter cup, big one. Okay. Like you plug this thing in and it just takes. You plug it in. Plug it in and it gets going somehow. And the, the <laughs> advertising for it, the whole situation is appalling and funny. You crack two eggs in it. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And after some time, <laughs> this cylindrical tube of eggs emerges from the top. <laughs> and it, like, somehow powers itself out. <laughs> and once it comes out, it looks, oh, it looks just so devious. It's like nothing. Nothing is okay about it, and but it just what kind of the egg? At the end, you plugged in this thing for fifteen minutes, (laughs) and at the end, you have a little log of egg. (laughs) What's it for? To cook eggs. Apparently, while you're not looking, it'll cook you an egg. But the well, funnier like, thing is that, that it would, like, fall out. I don't know. It, it just... There is no excuse for it in my mind. But is it, it like, was, a hard-boiled egg? It's genuinely a little log of egg. So it's a hard-boiled tube of egg. Well, it's not hard-boiled. It's, like... But, I mean, could you slice claiming. it? It's um, Yeah. You could slice it and put it on a sandwich, Rach. You could. You could slice it you and could, make a... But why would you? Because <laughs> it would probably be a different shape of sliced yeah. egg. And they make a big to-do about it. Uh, <laughs> they make a big to-do about it. Like, it's going to be this real amazing time that's going to change your life. <laughs> it's it's the part of me that loves a made-for-TV. Oh, yeah. You know what? Like, um... Yeah. This is actually a family weakness. We all quite enjoy those. The, there was somebody at the at the mall in our youth that was selling some as seen on TV things, and they had the endless loop going of the ad for something that was easier than a food processor. Salad shooter? No, it was one of those, like, you just put it over. It was like a chopper. Like, all you need is this little oh. chopper that you put over the nuts and just chop, chop, chop. Oh, you know? interesting. Something I like got. But the footage of, <laughs> of somebody, like, done with that food processor and it's like this woman staggering across the kitchen holding a food processor and like falling like parts <laughs> falling like she's wiping out they're like at least you don't have to bother with falling down in your kitchen with a food processor anymore. <laughs> this one is like that because it's solving a problem we didn't have yeah it's like yeah um you know Big news! Yeah, like cook we, an egg. We're gonna make an egg cooking device <laughs> that's just super weird. 
and, and it's just not at all the oh. thing that anybody needed. Wow. And yet somebody wow. presented it to a board meeting. Somebody. That's um, what gets you. It's like there were a lot of people who signed off on this thing. Oh, yeah. See, it's the Rolly. It's called the Rolly Eggmaster. Oh my and there's word. just nothing appropriate or acceptable about the Rolly Egg Master. <laughs> the easiest, <laughs> fastest way to make great. If you hate time-consuming cleanup, and, it, oh, the, and the no. thing is so bad, is if you gotta watch the Egg Master in action. <laughs> <laughs> tell you if this oh. is what Egg Mastery looks Ooh. like, I don't want to have it. <laughs> and it, like, it has like a horrible, you know, like the worst part of a crusty, like a white that got weirdly cooked. Oh my word, you guys! Nothing, nothing about it. <laughs> Is, it's not is, uh, appropriate. It's, no, it's just it's a great, really bad. It's, but uh, the idea of thinking finally <laughs> something that'll save me all that time <laughs> and it will emerge. Someone like 15 minutes to get to that. <laughs> like you're sitting around waiting. <laughs> wow. At the end of wow. 15 minutes, uprises the horrible egg tube. <laughs> you know what, Rachel? I think here's what's going to happen: is we're going to unleash this podcast into the world, and it's going to turn out that one of our listeners was the inventor <laughs> of that. Uh, bless your heart if you are. Just, <laughs> I'm sorry we gave you this unvarnished feedback. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> Changing the subject from that very edifying. Oh, man. Why did I think of that? I don't know why. Okay. Here's. Wow. Oh, just because I like a highly specific cabinet doesn't mean I'm into that. <laughs> I never thought you would be. Oh, boy. <laughs> was it your cabinets that reminded me of that? Surely not. Yeah, I think that's how you got there. I think this was all an unflattering metaphor <laughs> no, for my was. one shelf. It I wasn't. have one shelf and it she wasn't. makes fun of me. Oh, I do not. Okay, let's It's a really see. good shelf. You can mock me okay. all day if you want. I I'm love gonna it. I'm going to try to turn this pig around just to talk about something okay. more. Right, you do it. Woo! You do it. Question we were asked, more spiritually okay. minded all than right. this discussion. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> 
Oh, I would love to hear y'all discuss uh, thoughts on reconciling the whole you gotta have boundaries in your life thing regarding hard things and people with Christ's commands in Matthew 5, 38 through 48. Of course, my flesh wants to put boundaries up and avoid hard people and things for my sanity as a young mom and foster mom, but that principle seems irreconcilable with this passage of scripture as I read it again. Thanks, Bible reading challenge. So, uh... Matthew five thirty eight. I should look it up to know what passage we're <laughs> specifically speak hardcore about it. I noticed off topic while I looked this up this morning. I was so struck by the that every time Jesus is saying, "Is it lawful for me to do something like this?" That it's that how actually in the only way ever it was lawful. Like Jesus was actually fulfilling the law. In doing the things yeah. that when he's asking the Pharisees who are like, oh no, it's, he's not saying like, is this allowed? It's like, is this the, is this lawful? Like, is this consistent with the law? You know? Right. And the, and they're like, definitely not. We're totally going <laughs> to catch you. But he's like in the very same moments, he's actually, okay. It's the, it's the going the second mile, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Yeah. Um, turn the other cheek, loving your enemies. Yeah. Um, that whole section. So, I think the key, don't you, is to realize, on the one hand, you're finite. So, you can't do everything. There are fixed limits and fixed boundaries. And on the other hand, don't be a wuss. You know? Like, so, obviously, there's going to be limits, boundaries, Mm -hmm. and things that you cannot get you can't do everything you can't be you know invested in every single person the same amount and every single so I think it's a matter of like what are your duties like who are the people God has put in front of you and what are your duties towards them and then not being a big weenie about I think, it I think that maybe it's defining your I mean I haven't thought about this until this moment so but it's sort of like defining your life not by what you're saying no to, but by how you're being obedient, which is like, for instance, say you have a needy person that is in your life all of a sudden that God brings a real needy person that mm-hmm. maybe would be a kind of person people would think you need good boundaries with that person. Okay. Well, the boundaries are not boundaries of you saying, no, I will not. It's, it's boundaries of you doing what you're called to do. Meaning you may not let some random person come into your life and completely overtake your duties to your children or to your husband or to your, Mm -hmm. like, like you actually are still to be defined by the obedience of what you're doing. And of course, reaching out to other people is, it's just not the same thing as doing what they tell you to do. Right. Yes. That, 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 that being kind towards someone who's sinning against you or turning the other cheek or whatever is not the same thing as, is obeying them. And there are some people who will try to suck all the oxygen out of the room and they will try to get you to devote all your time and energy to them. And there are, for all of the stupid advice about cutting out toxic people and oh, there's use... Legit, there's, legit, there's a reason why everyone <coughs> feels like they need the advice Excuse about me. it. Yeah, but the thing is, is you have to be gracious, but there's lots of times where you have to say, you know, I'm sorry, no, I can't do that. Yep. You know, I can't, I can't or drop... Or I won't. 
Or I won't do that. I'm not going to drop everything that I have to do for my kids today. Um, you know, just, just <coughs> or so sometimes that... you might need to be like, you know what? I can't take your kids today. I'm going to pray for you right now, though. Totally. Like, yeah. no, I I can't because mm-hmm. I actually have other fish frying. No, like, it's like you not... do. It's a, sort of a triage thing because it's like you do have specific duties and you have things that God has put in front of you. And I think it's a, obviously always a wisdom thing. Sometimes, of course, you drop the everyday humdrum to help the extraordinary need. No, sometimes it's just so clear that God, it's like God is saying, never mind. You know, like, like you can tell that yeah. if you had a dry erase calendar of all your goals and plans for the day, it's the Lord who just erased it. Right. Just and if said, you say, no, no I else. cannot help you because I have to vacuum the lampshades because that's on that's my to-do list. It's on my sketch and then, I'm getting a manicure and then I'm going to do, you know, yeah, like, or it's just my own little petty list of things and I mm-hmm. won't drop it. Then you're, you're not understanding the weightier matters of the law. But then there's also the person who is going to take all of everything that you would give and more and you can't let them I've take been you away from the from what is the weightier matter. So Right. And and that is a but that often is the people who are taking up all of the air in the room or really want every bit of attention and it's never enough mm-hmm. from you. People like that are almost always the the temptation is for people to think they're being kind to them when they're doing what they're told. Right. But, but that is actually not the way of kindness. And I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before now, because, um, I feel like it makes me laugh because I'm not into all of the, all of the junk about toxic people and cutting them out and all this. But the reason I'm not into it is not because I don't believe there are people in the world who are problems. Um, it's because, in those memes and in all that discussion, it's the the whole god of the system is just you and your feelings. So it's always the other people who are toxic people. Like, it's right. never that my own behavior could have been toxic. It's always that the measure of whether someone is bad or not is how I feel about them. Like, if I don't feel empowered. But the reality is, how much of the time that advice is used by Christians who are in sin... To try to get rid of the toxic Christians who are telling them to right. knock it off with, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and also, and also, but what I was going to say is, I'm not into all of the jargon lately, but boundaries is something that I have always felt incredibly strongly on that you need to be good with having boundaries, good and with enforcing boundaries. You know what, they just need to be... God's boundaries and Mm -hmm. not your own little petty vindictive boundaries because like um, the Bible does nobody who's endorsing boundaries right now says a real good boundary is what your husband wants you doing. Because that's not right. a popular boundary. No, it, that's it, it a, that's the one that I was like, ignore that dumb fence. <laughs> that dumb thing. We didn't like that but boundary. But see, like your distinction about being kind to somebody is not the same thing as doing what they say to do. And I know that years ago, there was a sort of um, acquaintance who was in the midst of burning down her life that I was saying, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. It's going to be bad. Don't do that. You really need not to do that. And then as she proceeded to do that, she told me that she was setting up boundaries and that I wasn't allowed to talk to her about that anymore. That she just wanted me to be a friend who would support her 
and not be making her feel bad about herself. And I said, well, here's the thing. I'm not going to do that because (laughs) I am happy to talk to you and continue to slog through this with you. But I'm not going to shut up about. Yeah, you're not the boss. You're not actually the boss of how I support you. Right now, I'm supporting you by saying, heck no. But because as you're stomping around your house, pouring gasoline on everything, and whittling some kids. True love from a friend is not supporting. And now you're playing with the matches. I am not going to stand here and just say, you know what, what you need right now, you just need me to support you. It's like, no. No. And so the thing is, is that one, it didn't end well because she, but the thing is, is I didn't cut her off, but I did say, but but I did say, here's how God's boundaries, they, they will cut you off because that's what happened. So it was kind of like, um, I will, I will slug through this with you for a lot further than this, you know, but yeah. I, I am not going to do it in the way that you want me to but, do and it. And the good thing is that you're also if, in that kind of context, you're not saying, you are not saying I won't do this because it's not good for my health. It's like, yeah. no, I'm actually doing the harder part of being here because I believe God called me here to tell you mm-hmm. this is this is yeah. not how you do it. And one one other thing about that that I think is important is that uh, when you get like, I think a lot of times Christian women are just incredible uh, optimists and naive and not cynical about one another. And that's true. What I mean by that is or everybody has this ugly idea. Ways. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has this idea that friendship is just like a happy collaboration that does not, you know, that like, like you just meet someone and, Oh, we just hit it off and we just never had any, we never had mm-hmm. to like work through some things. And I think it's just really good advice from, actually our great grandma who would say whenever you are in a new place get to know everyone like just get to know a lot of people before choosing your friends like do not rush into dear friendships with people because she also was available to go to coffee sometime and was like hey we should get together and you're like yes it lasts finally my bestie we're gonna go to coffee and our kids are gonna hang out and all of a sudden I'm gonna have this expectation that we're like-minded or that we actually want the same things Um, and so I would always make a point like you know years ago somebody was wanting to get together and I just knew it was like it was like let's get together to have our friends play together or whatever use our friends play together did I say our friends our kids (laughs) they are our friends in a way but our kids play together I was gonna say use if you have access to community you know if there's community around you use community to not get overly specific immediately. Yep. Do not hone in on, yes, the two of us, let's start meeting a couple times a week to do things. And let's, um, but well, I would just say, let let's meet get... at the park. Like, and I invited other people to come to the park also. Because you don't want to get herded into something and then you find yourself standing in a place you really never meant to stand. No, and then they're like, <clears throat> and another thing that we talk about with our... Uh, and don't do that with your commitments either, because mm-hmm. the thing is, I think especially in church contexts, you can find yourself now... Signing up for everything. Yeah, and you're signing up for and everything. And then resenting it because it was yeah. actually not 
a good choice for you. It was right. not wise. Or you're guilted into it by ladies who are either aggressively or passive aggressively guilting you. Yeah, and I think sometimes on this podcast we talk all the time about we don't we are not advocates for choosing less to do or let like all being like this is the year when I say no to everyone but me or this is when I'm right. not gonna lay my life down. <clears throat> but but be thoughtful about where you're laying your life down a hundred percent. I I do not I think I probably have no involvement in about Forty percent of the service opportunities that I receive, maybe more. I mean, yeah. even the genre of things oh, that yeah. I'm hardly ever doing. So the thing is, like, but I, I don't feel bad about that. No, I don't need to be doing no. all of it. I need to be faithfully doing what is right. I in think front of me. if you're working hard and doing the things in front of you diligently, then don't let yourself get into a guilt slog over the things that you. And I actually want to say something. <clears throat> Here's where I'm gonna. This is a problem with women. So this is like a two-way street. Don't be this woman and don't give in to this woman. Both. Okay. All right. When women do something, we have women oftentimes in church communities, in Christian communities, have it is small work that we have confidence in building the kingdom, right? So you're like, I need to make a meal for someone and you have to like women often encourage themselves rightly. This is not a wrong thing. We encourage ourselves with the big picture, right? So so we say things like, me doing this for my children is really meaningful because of this. Sure. Or, or making meals for people is really meaningful because this is my role in the body and it's really important. You know, like, and we, mm-hmm. and it's good to know why you're doing something, but it's really bad to inflate what you're doing as the only doing that there is and then guilt other people like yeah. like do you not value the body of Christ that you have not been making meals for others right. or <clears throat> or to because you've been working so hard to see the value in what you're doing being really harsh and critical of people who are not called to do the same yeah. things that and remembering that you know your life does go through different phases so like right now I am not on the meal train of taking people meals. I feed people, I feed a lot of people meals and that's kind of using up all of the energy mm-hmm. in the in this particular moment. But I'm not always going to be cooking every night for my everyone. Everyone. Yeah. I'm not necessarily I like who knows what my life is going to be like in a year or two and then maybe I will be like yes, I really need to start signing up to take people meals. But right now it doesn't fit and I am not going to kick myself about that. And it's like, there's just, there's just lots of, no, honestly, I'm, sometimes like we're in a phase right now where we're doing big hospitality a lot, which means that there is no time for the small hospitality of we're just going to have that couple over and right. this couple over and that like, and I think that there have been other times in our marriage where that was the phase we were in and we might hit that again. But right now this is what we're doing. Well, there were phase, there was a phase where I saw friends and talked with people because we would take the kids to the park. I would go, I would walk to the park to have the kids play, see friends, talk with people there. Uh, that always backfired. I always thought by the time we walked back home that the kids would be tired for a nap. But oh, yeah. the, what happened is I'd get back home and they'd all be well rested from their stroller ride home and I'd be fried. But anyways, <laughs> the point is, is that 
that would be really weird of me now to have that much time, like to, to regularly in the mornings just be sort of, I'll be around for an hour and a half to visit with anyone else who might want to be around for an hour and a half. But it made perfect sense in that phase of life. And now that's, now I have nothing like that. just goes back to the twin boundaries sort of of, you are finite. You can't fit Mm -hmm. it all in. You can't do all the things at all the times. So you, there's that. But also don't be a wimp. Like Yeah, and I would say like about... push yourself and make the most of it. And, and I do think if you're feeling guilty about something, like let's say you're feeling guilty that you're not volunteering in the nursery at church or something, and you feel like you really should be, I would just say you really should pray about that and ask God to show you whether that's true guilt or false guilt. Don't just pray about it. Do pray about it, but also ask your husband. Because yeah. if your husband says... No, remember I told you I don't want you to be in the right. in the nursery right. right now. Then you've had a word from the Lord <laughs> via your husband. But this is not is like, your time for that. Like pray about it because maybe you're being a wimp. Like maybe you are. Uh-huh. Maybe you need to stretch yourself a little bit more. Maybe you need to take on a few other things. Or maybe you need to just decide, you know what? It's fine. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that at all. Yeah, and that and that service and loving other people in the church, etc., etc., is not a competition. We are not competing with the other saints. No. Actually, I like how I say that, but then it isn't that actually a passage about outdo one another and love and good yeah, works or something? Yeah. But it's not talking about the competition. No, not like that. But it's it's also... Um, it's I think maybe outdoing one another to show honor, right? When, you're, when you are comparing yourself to what the other women are getting done, it's this kind of false... Um, I don't know. It's like a, we have this false idea of what's actually going on because when you are running like a hundred yard dash, um, everybody starts on the line right next to each other. The gun goes off at the same time for everyone. Everyone runs and everyone gets Mm -hmm. to the same finish line. But this is more like God has each of us on our very own cross country trail and uh-huh. you started in one place, they started in another place, and you are going different. So right. so it would be as if both of you met up for one stretch of road that was 100 yards long, and mm-hmm. you're trying to compare yourself to them. Yeah. You don't have the information have the to compare yourself to them. You yeah. don't know if you're making better time or if they're making better time. You don't know if you have to run longer or they have to or run longer. On the other you end, don't know. We don't even know what the time is like not like what the time means that's one thing this is a thing that um, I've been doing these posts on Instagram about friendship and I said that already one of the things though that I keep wanting to talk about and all these things about who gives more and who takes more and who I contributed more to this friendship than she did well Mm -hmm. who's measuring and by what standard are you measuring because the thing I think is so funny is in a real Christian view of friendship. I'm giving you guys a, like a little preview of the post I meant to write today that I haven't done yet. Uh, but in a Christian view of friendship, you're being obedient to God, and your friendship is kind of incidental along the way. But also, when you're talking about it in those terms, it's weird because it's like, are you both trying to buy each other's friendship? Yes, but this is but this is what I was going to say is that. If your friendship is camaraderie that's in- incidental to service to God, right. the gifts we can receive through each other 
have nothing to do with what we gave. Right. And so, for instance, say you had a real provoking friend that through the friendship with them, you were greatly sanctified. <laughs> like, does does anyone add that up as giving right. and receiving? Like, do you know, like, say that there's someone who is hard. He brought the temptation. And I brought the and, sanctification. And I, yeah, but it's like, but the reality is the whole thing is from God. If a person is in your life and you're dealing with the yeah. trials and the troubles therein, and that through the years you grow to really have true Christian love and affection for a person that has aggravated you a lot, you have received much from the Lord Mm-hmm. Through that means, but it's not because they contributed more to the friendship than you did. It's because God blessed you, right? Both of you, right? And 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 it just makes it. It's like, what are people calculating? Like, who bought the drinks yeah. when, or what is it that you think who you're measuring? Who more? Who complimented? Yeah, who's, who's more? the person who said, "I'm here for you" more times this last year? Well, then that person put more gave more to the friendship I don't under it's to me it's really funny but part of it is this idea that you can actually calculate and or or for instance I have a friend who um there have been different phases of our friendship where the friendship has been sort of a counseling friendship we Mm -hmm. are good friends but it has been working through and counseling on some issue you know working through whatever and every once in a while she would she would feel like why though you know like this is unequal if that makes sense like if you're having you don't want to hang out with someone that you have to counsel on this issue or talk about this issue and the thing that has just been funny to me is that I don't feel that way about the friendship because I actually think that God just made people differently and I am always really encouraged by her. I am encouraged by her growth, by her, by her willingness to learn. Like, like it is not, it is not, I am not giving. We are both receiving in that, if that makes sense. And so then it just seems like you can't calculate that. You can't, and, and you shouldn't try lest you be really tedious. Like, like, well, what was there in this podcast, Beck? Which one of us gave more to the other? I mean, let's mm, calculate I'm it. winning, I think. For yeah, sure. we need to get, like, a full graph yeah. of, like, yeah. who made the other one laugh more. No, it's just, it's like, it's like attaching strange, arbitrary price tags to things. And then whipping out a calculator and then also doing the math wrong. Like, and the whole it, thing doesn't nothing work. Nothing adds up here. Like, but all no. the time everyone's but like... But I do think, though, that <laughs> there is a lot to be said Also, some kind of scripture about profitable friendships. And Yeah, but it's... So, you do have to weigh it, and you do have to assess it, but I don't think you assess it in those categories. Okay, but like this, the way the world wants us this to. This meme, if you allow people to make more withdrawals than deposits in your life, you will be out of balance and in the negative when, uh, know when to close the account. That's an example of like, since when have you been a bank account? Since yeah. when are people withdrawing? How does that actually add up? Like, it just doesn't. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you're just making up things to that feel that people feel is good because they don't want to deal with someone that feels yeah difficult. But at the same time, it's not like you have to be friends with everyone who 
fussily demands it. You know, no, God doesn't thing, ask that of us. No, so. and a thing that I've seen lots of times that I think is an important thing to not do and keep your kids from doing is you want you want to be kind to everyone. You do not want to get in some kind of a guilt-motivated fever to go after someone and be their friend when all when you really are not going to be able to maintain that. Actually, I've seen that be more cruel actually than Oh, it's way more cruel because but, it's like taking cruel out of such good intentions of like somebody spotting a sort of a straggler and being like, "Oh, we need to reach out. We need bring to bring them in. in. We're going to invite her to everything." It's like um, Emma without the happy ending. Yes, because it's like I'm going to drag this person in and be like, "Yeah, you're my bestie, but and you're not really. I'm just doing this cuz I'm bored. Bored <laughs> or I wanted an outreach or to to make yourself feel kind of spiritual and giving. And the thing is is I have seen the people who are kind of the stragglers get like um being brought into the circle is so meaningful. Exhilarating. But it's not it was never a maintainable thing that was going on and then they get dropped. And that is crushing to somebody like that. And it honestly would have been better not to have pumped up all these false hopes of now we're best friends and then have it go sour. Right, like, and that's part of the thing that what I was saying, you want to get to know lots of people and let friendships grow yeah. at a natural pace mm-hmm. and that is sustainable for all people involved. And, and I think it's just, you're of course you're to be friendly to everyone. Oh yeah, and kind and loving everyone and charitable. I think another thing that is not talked about enough is that good, healthy, God-honoring friendships come and go. And yeah, they do. and without sin, without yep. it being a problem that yep. they came and they went. And sometimes it's through really literal coming and going. Sometimes someone moves away yeah, or you you're touch. or you lose touch or you're in different phases of life so you no longer have that in common or you don't see each other at that regular yeah. drop off point where you always used to laugh about what you know yep. you just it just you come and go. And that that doesn't mean anything. And to to be clutching wildly at someone who their faithfulness to God is taking them somewhere else. And to be like, no, we will maintain this Sometimes I have thought, like, when I've had a dear friend move away, and even though there's no falling apart, they move away, and you're just not in the same place anymore, and you can't know everything about each other's lives, because you would have to be doing that full-time. You would have to be, like, all the time (laughs) telling each other what's happening. Right. Uh, That one of the things that I've seen is that I think to try to cling to that is to be closed off to the people who actually are physically near you that you need to right. befriend, right? Like, right. so it's like God keeps that, he keeps us on our toes because you might be, this is a godly friend. This is a great friendship. And then, and then something, you know, the races mm-hmm. part. Someone's got to go but to a different direction. I think also contentment is so integral to this whole thing too, because um, how many people don't, have a good friend. They wish they did. And they look longingly and at they, every other friendly encounter. Right. And so it's like God might have you in a stretch of desert yeah. right now. And your job is to thank him and keep moving forward. And he is enough. Whether or not 
other friends come into view soon. Right. And so, uh, you know, none of us are ever in the perfect spot, right? There's no, always yeah. trials and hardships wherever we are this side of glory, right? <laughs> so, uh, it's always easier to lament the pain that you can feel versus the perceived pain that you know she has, but it just doesn't seem like it really hurts as much as mine hurts. Uh-huh. And you know what I mean? And that's just the thing of, because you're experiencing it, it does feel quite a bit more painful than, feel the, more important. than the person across the room. And you're like, I would actually, I would trade a, a trials good with example, her any day. A good example of this is when your kids like have a cold or something and you're like, but you can't fuss. You need to be, you know, Tough whatever. Out. Then you get the same cold and you're like, Oh my word. Yeah. Like when it's like, was yeah. your head wobbing around like this all day? <laughs> like, Oh my word. Yeah. And it, all of a sudden when you feel it, it's, it's yeah. a different experience. Right. And I think it's just so easy to think that other people have some kind of yeah. uh, completely satisfying friend right. balance right. that they left you out of. Yeah. But Well, or I think about this too because, you know, like, okay, so let's say you have money troubles because you can't make ends meet. And you look across the way at that extraordinarily wealthy person, and you're like, "Yeah, what trouble could you ever possibly have?" Yeah, with you, you with money, you don't and even it's know. Like, trouble. It's like, oh, really? Do you think that a wealthy person experiences no trials because everyone who tries to befriend them, it turns out, it's because they want a business loan because oh uh, everybody's trying to hit them up for donations no, all the and time. with extraordinary blessing comes responsibility where, that's really heavy. Where, like, actually you have to, like, you're going to give this if money you have, away. If and you, you know it could, people around it could you. crush someone. If you gave them this money, it could destroy them. Like, <laughs> like, there's a huge amount of responsibility and genuine trials that come with that. But, of course, since we aren't experiencing those particular ones we think that that just seems ridiculous yeah i know you know nobody has that right and i think that with friendship it's the same like you feel like you don't have friends and that's your particular trial and then look at little miss popular over there or you feel like like, in your little group of friends they don't need you as much or they're uh or your two friends are gravitating more to each other and cutting you out or this and you know the reality is that just Keep your own I would just head say, on your own path and your own obedience and give it to God and be content and don't... And keep yourself busy and, and give. Yes, and do not calculate. Do not be a great calculator of everything and what people owe you <laughs> and when they didn't notice you and why they didn't say the nice thing when you felt yeah. like they should have. And, and then let's say that somebody genuinely is real rude because that happens. You know, it's not like... First, there's the imagined insults. But then there's people who are just insulting. Or it could be just an just just actual insult. They're just real yeah. rude and insulting. Uh-huh. Well, then that Matthew passage... Was it Matthew that you were reading? Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, we know Turn how to handle cheek. that. Turn the other cheek. If they're uh-huh. real ugly about you, well, pray for them. Uh-huh. And bless them. And you keep on going. And you just keep on trucking. Yeah. And don't... Um, you know, like... And if that's the case with direct insults, how much more with perceived ones? Yes. And it, and I was going to say, if you have people in your own uh, circles that you feel like are not having any trials, like, that you should just start, start praying for them because they certainly are having some. Like that heart that wants to be like, 
I'm somehow the only person here experiencing a true yeah. trial is a really narrow-minded way to live your life. Yeah. Like, But just, at the same time, I am not trying to say that everybody's painful experiences turn out to be equal in the end. I know that there are people who go through things that I'm never going to experience anything. Well, I pray I'm never <laughs> going to. Ex- I haven't yet experienced anything <laughs> that hard. Um, and But that's, God is telling his own story with each of us. So I'm I not saying that it's, it's that, all going to pan out in the wash. that comedian with the four wisdom story or whatever? The four wisdom to that, the tail? In that kind of instance, the thing, the thing is, is that the one person that we all have in common is Christ. And he went through what none of us can right. imagine. What no human can imagine. Right. Because he did that for us. And that's that's what he accomplished. And so the, the reality is that all of us can't imagine the hardest thing that there ever was to do. And that was done for all of us. And it just seems like that it ill beseems us to be <laughs> to be trying to rank ourselves yeah. in this life. Like who's yeah. got it more And who? I don't want see there's this kind of this ancient Greek approach that comes out in the tragedies. A lot, which is never call a man happy until he's dead, and that's not what I'm trying to say here. Like for them, it's but like you definitely it's sort of like, that. but it's like you don't know what's lurking yeah, around the, the fates, corner. The fate, the fate, you get might be the happiest guy in the world, and then it will turn out that you married your mother and you murdered your father and your why children. You, why'd you have to do that? Your children Oedipus. are incestuous offspring, so. You know, like, the Greeks had this thing of, like, never say anybody's happy because something might be lurking around the corner and it's going to cream you and wipe you out. I'm not trying to say this sort of, like, in the end, you know, everyone has trials and they're all horrible and never call a man happy because he's probably got some terrible thing. <laughs> it's, it's it's not that. It's just that... Um, this Don't, is the episode where Becca has revealed herself to be a fatalist. Yeah, that one. But I'm just saying, you don't actually have the data to assess how happy somebody else is. So when you feel personally affronted at their success, uh-huh. or at their happiness, or at their lack of trial, or at their apparent perfect life, or their money, you don't have the data. They might have a much better life than you. It's possible. <laughs> On that strong <laughs> note. On that But I'm just saying ending. you don't know that they do. You don't know. You stop don't know. Stop acting like you know. Just stop putting price tags on everything. I think that's the key right there is that we're all doing things like you are where you need to be to glorify God. And they are and where actually, they need to be. You have everything you need to glorify God. Yeah, I always think it's funny. It's like... Uh, you know, sometimes people like that desire to pray, like, Lord, take this trial away from me instead of Lord, make us stronger to, to carry this. Like Christ did pray that prayer. So I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying sometimes it's like, Lord, make our life less busy or Lord, make us less needed Mm -hmm. or Lord, you know, whatever your temptation is. Sometimes, of course, it's okay to say, Lord, please take this from us. But on the other hand, there is an element of asking God to provide what you need to glorify Him. Strength, in it. Yeah. And that's how, that is the same way you could spend your time being like, Lord, please provide me a friend. 
so that someone would encourage me. Lord, please bring someone along. There's nothing sinful about that prayer, but you want to be praying also willing to pray the other direction, which is, Lord, equip me to do this. Like, provide everything right. that I need, even if that's not a friend. Even yeah. if it's just, right. um, you know, your word mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. a pioneering spirit. <laughs> right, right. All right, well, I need to pick up my kids, so we actually need I to do too. So do you have a tip? My tip uh, is to not kill your Christmas tree like we did. So the, today I was Googling self-watering Christmas tree stands for next year. I have a really good idea about this. Have Did I told you? you my good idea? No. I have an invention, you guys. What is it? Well, every year I I resolve that I'm going to really water the tree. But I don't. It's hard to remember. I just don't. And what, it's it wrong, just what goes happen. wrong in my life is how many days pass when it still feels like it was just, we just yeah, did that. Yeah, I know. But here's here's my good idea, everyone. If you invent this and patent it, send me a kickback here. Okay, here's my, here's my idea. Hmm. You know, everybody's always putting those little angel horns out as little ornaments. You know, like the bugly. It's a thing at Christmas decor. Horns. Little brass horns. So you just stick a horn funnel in to water the trees? No, 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 no. Horn funnel, or a horn ornament. But you have like the surgical tubing sort of stuff you could just attach run it down the yeah, trunk are, into the thing and then there the you horn could do ornament the is horn a ornament. component that i had not heard before yeah. I, but, it's a good idea you guys you could just have a little brass horn and you could pour your little pitcher of water down into it and it could be right at you know right at eye level there you don't have to army hmm. crawl through the bushes to get to the very See, prickly it just, it just the whole situation does not appeal to me of watering the tree so no, me neither. i hold off i hope to tell other people to do it all the time okay. fail yeah that's the best tip i have right <laughs> becca's i my tip is try and not kill my tree next christmas becca's tip is patent her new bugle <laughs> I don't have any horn ornaments, or I would have tried this. <laughs> the real problem is that the mouth, you'd have to take the mouthpiece off, or you'd be stretching be... surgical tubing around <laughs> the, you know, the mouthpiece of a bugle. There may be something to one, work <laughs> and on. And you could just zip tie I'm not in talking some about surgical tubing. Bugle. I'm talking about a small ornamental Yeah, but they, one. they, uh, it just couldn't you... be, I saw one at Goodwill, and I was like, <gasps> Should I try it? And I was like, no, because this one was one of those ones that curls in the middle. Yeah, that's what I so would picture. You'd, you'd want a straight trumpet. You'd need yeah. it to be. And then you need that. Guys, we've got it all solved. <laughs> Surgical tubing. You'd have to just make sure it was hooking up real clean, yeah, like, it's clean, to the trumpet. Clean, uh, I'm in. Sort of seam there, there. I did see some when I was looking that are like, it's like basically like hanging an IV bag in your Oh my word. Somewhere. See, that's gross. Just I put a little, bu- put a little bugle and you'll okay, be Okay, I actually, I already did my tip about getting the easy egg bite extruder. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, if you Google it, you'll scream. It's... <laughs> And I hope that you didn't invent it. I do. Because we were real rude. Um, well, because it's un... Well, see, the part of the problem is there are just a lot of, like, you just videos wonder. titled things like, We Tried Making Horrifying Egg Tubes. <laughs> the thing is, like... Everybody knows this was not a good idea. Who saw the need for that and felt know. like they knew the answer? They're like, if only I could just do that. That anyway. would just solve everything. All right, guys. It's Til been next real. Time. Cook your eggs the normal way. (laughs) Bye. Bye.